I am Andrea Butcher, and this is Being at Work. Being a leader is hard. So on this show, I set out to talk with experienced leaders to learn from their pivotal moments, how they led through the challenges we can all relate to but are often unheard. Today's guest is Deborah Wintner. Deborah joined Stanley Security, a division of Stanley Black & Decker, as Vice President of Human Resources in May of 2018 where she has devoted her time establishing HR strategy and organizational capability in alignment with the business strategy, something you'll definitely hear more about today. Deborah brings over 25 years of dedicated and proven experience as a strategic business partner, driving results by leading large-scale change across industries. She has extensive experience as a human resources visionary, leading organizational change through skilled organizational development and design strategies, partnering with executive leadership to drive big picture business objections, and translating targets into actionable implementation to grow organizational capability. Today, she'll share her journey as a leader and executive across many organizations, Her experience highlights the value she has brought as a practitioner of change. Listen in as she highlights two specific ways to build credibility and best serve the organization. I was fortunate to start out my career um, with Bristol-Myers Squibb, the division of Bristol-Myers Squibb at the time, Zimmer Incorporated, orthopedic company. And started out as an EHS specialist and then transitioned into an HR generalist role about two or three years into that and continued to learn and grow and assume different roles and responsibility within Zimmer. And then I transitioned to another uh, division of Bristol-Myers Squibb and ended my career there with about 15 years of experience, um, transitioned to the Mead Johnson Nutritional Division. They uh, manufacture infant formula. And, you know, at Zimmer, I had really gotten a feel for the manufacturing, the back office, R&D. And then in the uh, Mead Johnson role, I had the opportunity to really round out my experience um, from an international assignment and also with um, the front end of the business supporting the marketing and sales organization. So after about 15 years, I was recruited by um, my former leader at Mead Johnson to a healthcare company where um, that was really a pivotal point in my career. And that organization, Rehab Care, which then uh, became Kindred Healthcare, was the largest healthcare provider in contract therapy and rehab hospitals and really didn't have um, a contemporary, you know, back office systems in terms of HR support. And so that was a great opportunity. And I was also uh, assigned to a role that took me out of my comfort zone uh, with M&A responsibility. And so I learned a great deal, you know, in that role. And Really, it's a point where I realized all of the foundation that had been established at Bristol-Myers Squibb had really positioned me to take on, you know, much bigger and broader roles. And about seven years after that, I was recruited by another former uh, leader of mine to Ingersoll Rand, um, which is a security company and was then... Um, spun off to become a legion and spent about seven years there um, supporting the Americas and helping develop uh, strategic plans and, you know, manage change management and 
um, you know, rationalizing the business to position them for growth. And then spent a year at uh, Archer Daniels Midland, um, which is the largest agribusiness in the world, before I was recruited back to Indiana, where I am located now with the headquarters at Stanley Security and my role as vice president of global human resources. So that, in a nutshell, is is how the walk that I had, and throughout all of that, I've you know been in different industries and gained lots of experiences, and I'm very fortunate to have had the opportunity to um, work with great leaders and managers along the way. Which is why I'm so glad you're on the show because you can shed a lot of light on leadership and pivotal moments, and you use the word pivotal. In your summary, you talked about when you went from Bristol Myers to the healthcare organization. You said it was a pivotal time for you. Let's dive into that a little bit. What what was it about it that was pivotal for you, and what did you learn through that transition? I would say the biggest learning was, you know, I I had worked in an organization like Bristol Myers that had you know enormous amount of infrastructure that you would rely on, you know, as as a leader in the organization and unbelievable experience. And I, and I would have taken it for granted had I not, you know, left the organization. Uh, but I had a, the great fortune of joining rehab care and that role, that company was new in its journey. It was a much smaller organization and did not have a lot of infrastructure. And so when I joined my role as the corporate vice president of HR, really was the first time that I really had to challenge myself on really bringing your whole self to the table and and leaning on my experience and building on the foundation that I had already established at Bristol-Myers to really impact and influence the ongoing strategy at Rehab Care, which was a super exciting time. Had you gotten comfortable at Bristol-Myers? Was that part of it as well, was that this was new and so different than the stability of what you had? It was. I, I had gotten comfortable at Bristol Myers and, and that's what piqued my interest in, you know, expanding and growing out. And the gentleman who recruited me there, who is one of my dear mentors, lifelong mentors, he, he actually re- recruited me to meet Johnson and then recruited me to rehab care. He actually said, Deborah, this is an opportunity. You know, if you, if you join another big, huge organization, you're going to do, you're going to continue to do what you've always done, which there's nothing wrong with that. But Coming to an organization that was very entrepreneurial and growing through mergers and acquisitions during, you know, just, you know, at the speed of light really took me out of my comfort zone, to be quite honest. But, you know, the lesson learned there was you kind of don't know what you know and you don't know what you don't know. And that was a huge learning opportunity for me and really uh, helped me understand, you know, how to integrate into new organizations and establish new relationships and the importance of that. And also to really learn the business and understand how do you develop an HR strategy to support, you know, the ongoing business needs. I learned that getting comfortable being uncomfortable was okay. And I really had to learn that courage, I had to have the courage to really express my point of view and leverage my background and experience to help influence the ongoing business and HR strategy. And that was really the first time that I was, you know, in a role where I was the thought leader and wasn't, you know, taking someone else's strategy and executing it. 
but was really part of the development of that really learning the business leaders and understanding what the priorities were of the business. And also, you know, how do I manage, you know, the resources that I had to make sure that we were meeting the business needs and the priorities of the business? As you can imagine, a a much smaller organization, there were, you know, probably 50 priorities that I could have established, but, you know, had had to boil it down to, you know, the top two or three. And, And I think that was a huge learning for me, in, in really thinking through how do you support the business and align, you know, resources as appropriate. Yeah, because it was quite a bit different than what you'd experienced in previously at Bristol Myers. Yes, absolutely it was. So what were some of the things you did to lead through that, that looking back now, you can see that, that was really helpful? I would say the first thing was really digging in and understanding the business strategy. And also establishing relationships. I would say, you know, throughout my journey in, in my career, you know, I've, I've experienced organizations that, you know, say, oh, it has to be, we have to be within the industry. We have to hire within the industry. This is the way we've always done it. And if you're going to be a change practitioner, then helping the organization understand why and build that credibility to be able to influence potentially different hiring strategies or culture changes, um, I think is one of the most critical things, you know, that I, I did when I, when I joined rehab care and I've continued to take that lesson learned into the other roles that I've been in. So you didn't show up with, here's my expertise. The first thing was, I got to dig in and understand what this business is all about. Absolutely. And, you know, it it was actually one of the learnings, I would say, when I transitioned from Zimmer to Mead Johnson, I actually learned, you know, it was a lesson learned that I really had to dig in and build my relationships first instead of just digging in and coming in with, you know, I've got all the answers and I've seen this movie before. So this is the play we should run. You know, I, I probably had, I did have some missteps when I, when I joined me Johnson and learned from those. And so those were the learnings that I took on to rehab care that I think positioned me, you know, for success in that role. And then I also had some great mentors that put me onto roles that I, quite honestly, wasn't prepared for and, but had the confidence in me and and that helped me develop the right courage and, you know, really take on experiences like mergers and acquisitions and huge culture transformations that, that were actually really exciting and new and different and and fun for me to lead. Yeah, that's it. That is such a great takeaway and reminder, Deborah, of the relationships first, the digging in and understanding first before I bring my expertise. I mean, I, I've fallen into that. I've seen that over and over in my career where we assume that gaining credibility is about showing our expertise. And it's really about seeking to understand and building trust first. That's how we get credibility. It absolutely is. And, and I think, you know, the advice that I, I give my, my children and also my teams is that if you accept uncertainty and come to terms with there's uncertainty and use judgment and use your critical thinking skills and the lessons learned, you know, through your experiences, I think you'll always position yourself for success. And we're going to have mistakes along the way and, and you learn from them. And also, you know, collaborate. Uh, And and one of the things that I have done over the years in my different roles is really build a diverse team 
So I know what my strengths are. I'm a huge fan of, of the Gallup Strengths Finder, and I have used the, those concepts for many, many years, even since from my Meet Johnson days, where I know what my strengths are and I know where my blind spots are. And so building a diverse team that really balances you know, me and, and the rest of the team out, I think is also, you know, very critical and has been instrumental in, in the success that I've had at this point in my career. What are your blind spots and how, how have you compensated for those as a leader? If you think about your whole self, I know that, you know, I'm a mother. I've been a working mother. Um, I'm the middle child. I've always been someone who's sort of the caretaker and I'm very protective of my team. And so some of the blind spots, you know, I've, I've recognized, you know, over the years that maybe I haven't taken the time to really make sure that I'm seeing my, the performance or, or even the behavioral interactions through the lens that others see. You know, I can be a bit of a mama bear and, and that's really something I've challenged myself, you know, in the, in this last role as my team, I've had to really I've built a wonderful team and I've really challenged myself to make sure that I'm hearing all the voices, you know, in the room and feedback on the team to make sure that we are collaborating as a function and enabling the function to deliver, you know, the priorities of the business in the most meaningful way. This is probably one of the most rewarding roles that I've ever been in. And um, Stanley Black & Decker is a wonderful organization and I'm the head of HR for Stanley Security. But, you know, I I haven't gotten to the role that I'm in and I I certainly don't run a victory lap saying I do everything right, but these are certainly some of the lessons learned in, in my journey so far. Yeah. And there is so much confidence in just naming. These are the areas that sometimes trip me up. Like you said, you are a nurturer and there are so many good things that come with that. And you know, there are times that that hinders you. I always encourage emerging leaders to just embrace those things that you don't do as well. Like In the knowing about those things, there's an opportunity to course correct and to supplement where needed. But I want to go back to the learning you had around digging in, understanding the business strategy and establishing relationships. You said like that was your big lesson learned in your pivotal moment. So give us a little more specificity around what that looks like. So how do you build relationships first? How do you dig in to understand business strategy first? So, you know, as I've transitioned to different roles in in my career, one of the first things that I do is to really get a pulse, you know, from my manager, from my team on, you know, who are some of the key stakeholders, you know, and and really put a 90-day plan together around who are the critical people in the organization across functional group, not only within the HR function, um, but in the business, in the total business. And it really established, you know, regular one-on-one meetings as more of a learning opportunity. One is a get to know you, but the other, you know, focus area that I would have is, you know, what is our go-to-market strategy and what impacts our bottom line and what are the key levers in the organization that really impact our ability to influence you know, the external markets and where are the biggest opportunities. So really ask the questions about the business and then, you know, follow it up on, you know, as you think about the business and the people strategy and the culture strategy, what's working today, 
that we need to continue to leverage and where do we have opportunity? And so I, I like to structure that first, there's a book because I think it's called the first 90 days or 90 days, something. I can't remember exactly the name of it and I apologize, but really talks about the importance of getting off to the right start, you know, while you're new and keeping an open mind and seeking to understand. And every organization I've been in will describe itself as we are super highly relationship oriented. And, you know, after having been in medical devices, you know, infant nutrition and pharmaceutical, you know, healthcare, industrial, you know, I've come to the conclusion that most organizations are highly relationship oriented, or certainly the ones that I've been a part of. And that's, that's a key component to be able to impact and influence because those relationships are important for you to help establish yourself as a trusted advisor. And, you know, the roles that we are in uh, as HR leaders, we have to have courage to sometimes say, you know, the baby's ugly, uh, to, to be candid, you know, and, and, to, and to share those things, you know, in a courageous way and be okay with the consequences. And, and if you're not comfortable in your own skin and confident in your ability to do that, I don't think you can get to that point without understanding the business first. And then developing those relationships. So you have the, the, the license to, to come up and have those courageous conversations when you need to have them um, that are oftentimes very instrumental in helping drive change and strategy within organizations from my experience. Well, yeah, because there's trust and credibility there. So there's going to be a natural inclination for the person to listen right, to what you have to say. That is such, such good advice. Are there specific examples or a situation that you can share that as you reflect on your career where that approach was, was really helpful and served you well? You know, I, I can use the one that's the most recent. We have been at Stanley Security uh, going through a very exciting transformation. And early on in, in the transformation, you know, I had suggested some pretty significant investments in the HR team and also in really looking at our addressable markets and how we align territories and, and establish KPIs and metrics. And at first, you know, the, the level of investment, you know, you know, was a little bit of a sticker shock to, to my team uh, and to the organization. However, you know, as we continued to sort of unpack what this transformation looked like, I continued to build relationships and establish myself and, and was ultimately able to not only introduce, you know, another organization to come in and help us, you know, with this strategy, but also um, was, was able to begin to integrate some really disciplined focus around change management. And I, I don't think that the organization had an appetite, you know, prior to my coming on board. And if they had, maybe it just wasn't the right time. But I do feel like that those are some areas that I've been able to really influence my current organization that's had, you know, very positive results given so much change that we're going through, especially in an environment like right, you know, now in COVID-19, you know, change is, is part of the fiber of our environment right now and having that muscle to rely on, um, you know, it's not fully developed, but it's certainly a foundation that we've been able to build off of. 
Yeah. So once again, I mean, it's you because you get where the organization is going, the organization strategy, and you've got strong relationships, you're able to influence that. Yeah, it's such it's it's so simple when you really when you think about it. It is. It's it takes time, right? So simple in concept, a hard in execution. <laughs> exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly what I was I was thinking because it sounds simple to go do that, but it takes time, right? And you have to build that trust and other some are are more trusting than others and that's okay. You just you have to figure out how to read your audience and 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 build those individual relationships and have those relationships help enable you to be a really good partner uh, with the business. And, and I think that in my career, I think that's one of the best advice that I could give to anyone in an HR leadership role that it's not about being a gatekeeper. And we all know we have benefits in the administrative side of the role, but it's about really how do you partner with the business? You know, not just the key leaders, your peers, everyone on really prioritizing and doing the right thing for the business and making sure that, you know, the HR strategy is aligned and, and serving the business in, in, in the most meaningful way. That's good. It's not about being a gatekeeper. It's about being a, being a partner and you're such a good model for that. And going just a little bit further with something you said a minute ago around relationships, um, when I asked, you know, how do you do that? You started with, well, you, you first have to get a pulse, right? Who are the key stakeholders? I have found myself like, spending energy on relationships that really like it's not time well spent. Like how, how do you determine who are the key stakeholders and where do you invest your time? Because you've only got so much time to invest. How do you manage that? That's a really, really good question. One of the things that I, I learned, and, and I had the great fortune of, of going back to school later in my career and doing my master's in OD from Pepperdine and graduated a, a few years back. And one of the things I learned, you intuitively know, but you learn in that, I learned in that program that really helped me. And my very first boss actually said this, Deborah, you're not ever going to make everybody happy. And one of the things you learn going through that program is to really how to be a practitioner of change. And we all have biases, you know, and we all have, you know, our points of view. And that's what we have to bring to the table, you know, in our roles as, as, our, as our discipline and expert. But I've, I've learned to really choose pick your battles wisely, right? The things that you really have a conviction for, make sure they're absolutely serving the organization in the best way and and not and really challenge yourself is this self-serving or is it serving the organization? And it sounds a little bit Pollyanna, but I think it's easier for me to to stay true to myself and my values when I when I put that filter on to say is this serving the organization? Is it necessary? And that's where I, I, I choose to spend my time, maybe in relationships that have fractures or there's misunderstandings or, you know, or that's that I want to continue to build. And I hold relationships in the organization one of the most important things to do and and being inclusive and, and hearing people out. You're always going to have moments where 
things don't land well or sit well, or there's been a misinterpretation, you know, by text or Zoom, so much technology and people are operating so fast. And so that's how I prioritize is really thinking, is this going to serve the organization well? Is this what I would want to tell my CEO that I've been focused on? And, and if it passes that test, then that helps me, you know, think through what the next step should be. Yeah. So again, it goes back to alignment with where the business is going. I love that question though. What a real quick filter are my convictions serving the business? That's just a quick question that anyone can ask at any time to gauge is this really something that's going to move the business forward? Well, the reason that I, I do that, and, and like many organizations, Stanley Black & Decker, you know, is is very matrixed. And, and I, I believe in the matrixed organization. And I think, you know, collaboration is really a critical competency that all levels of the organization are going to have. To, we, we're much more team-oriented now, instead of sort of hierarchical, in, in my opinion. And you know, in the matrix organization, it's easy, you know, we all have our egos and like, this is my territory. And it's really challenged me to say, you know, as we're thinking about what's in the best interest of the organization and how can we leverage shared services and centers of excellence and maybe centralized functions, you know, for me to take my own self out of it and say, is this what I would do if I was the CEO? Is this in the best interest of the company? And if if I can say, yes, it helps me get across the finish line on, I need to support this, even though it may impact me personally. The last nugget that I will leave you with in terms of change is it's often breakdown in communication, right? And it's one of the things that here um, in my most recent role going through these transformations, really having a really strong strategic communications leader and articulating to the organization, what are we doing? and why, and what are we going from, and what are we going to, and what those behaviors look like. That's, that's a playbook that we, that we use, whether it's mass change or it's small change, because the communication part of it is key. And I think you can have the best frameworks and the best intentions, but if you don't have a strong communication change management plan, you know, anchored to a change management plan, a lot of times the change isn't sustainable and, and that's not the result that any organization wants after they try to go through so much transformation. Well, and it connects back to your key stakeholders as well, because as you're cascading those messages, different stakeholder groups need different communication. So no doubt that's a part of your strategy as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Deborah, thank you so much. If our listeners want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? I am on LinkedIn. Deborah Whitner. Uh, and that is the best way to reach out to me on LinkedIn. And my email, it's Deborah Whitner at sbdinc.com, Stanley Black and Decker Inc.com. So I would be welcome to support uh, and serve, you know, other HR practitioners um, any way I possibly can. And I appreciate the conversation and thank you for your time. Yeah. Well, and you have by sharing these insights today. So thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a being at work story.